Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions, and what, if anything, we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. Today on Squanderlust, why making spreadsheets can get a bit emotional. And why the latest banking apps are a bit like keeping your money in socks. Today, we're going to have kind of a practical episode. Mm-hmm. But it's also a... We're going to talk about the emotional side of some practical stuff. Ah, oh, my favourite. Yeah. yeah. I'm emotionally impractical, so this is great for me. <laughs> so today's stuff is uh, about how to manage a budget and some of the practical ways of managing a budget, uh, but how those interact with your kind of emotional relationship with money. Um, and just because sometimes people don't really get what we mean by managing a budget – Really what we're talking about is your personal budget, your plan for how you're going to use your income, whether it's going to be saved or spent and on what. Mm. I should probably put my hand up now and say that I don't really have one. So uh, mm-hmm. this is a listen and learn for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I have tried out all sorts of different ways, um, which is one of the reasons why I, I can give you lots of different ways to do this. Um, we're going to use kind of five broad categories and we're going to go from lowest tech to highest tech methods. Um, But in general, it's just about keeping track of what you're spending on what and when so that you don't run out of money. That's really the the key point here. Um, It has to be rooted in facts, right? Any any plan that you make for anything really has to be rooted in facts. But any plan you make for a successful budget has to be made by looking at past spending patterns and bills and being realistic about what your future costs are going to be. Um, It's also time-based. So uh, every type of income, every expense, you have to look at those to make a successful plan. You have to look at those on the same time frame. So if you're going to do things, um, a monthly budget, you have to do look at every bit of income and every expense on a monthly basis. If you're doing a weekly budget, um, you have to make sure that everything you're looking at is the amount per week. 
And that can mean that obviously you're going to have different types of spending that you're going to do on different time periods. So mm. you may have to do a little bit of maths if you're going to work this stuff out. Mm. Um, or make an Excel spreadsheet. Exactly. Which is get, my favourite. Exactly. Get <laughs> the software to do the maths for you. Um, one of the things, though, that, that people get a little bit wrong is in uh, trying to make these kind of plans is they don't always know what the maths are in the sense that um, a lot of people assume that a month is four weeks for the purposes of budgeting, and it's not. It's four and a third weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy to underestimate. If you're multiplying up, you know, I spend X amount on my weekly shopping in the supermarket. Okay, so I need four times that for my monthly budget. No, you don't. You need four and a third times that mm. for your monthly budget. Otherwise, you will get to the end of the month and be, why am I... Why am I out? Why have I not got money left? Because you will be five weeks out by the end of the year. Exactly. Four weeks. Hang on. How's the maths on that? Four times 12 is 48. <laughs> yeah. I'm good at this. You are. You are. I need a spreadsheet. <laughs> Four weeks out, guys. Four. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So um, that's just one of the things that kind of trips people up. Today's suggestions, some of them are more suitable for a stable regular income stream, less so for freelancers and contractors and people on zero-hours contracts and that kind of thing. Um, so just, you know, while we're talking, have a think about which one would be more suitable for what. And like I said, we're going to go through them from lowest tech to highest tech. So we're going to start with... The envelope system, which is your grandma's budgeting method, and I do not mean that in a derogatory way. Your grandma had it right. This is a great way of of doing a budget. It is incredibly simple, but it is the pure cash method. This is literally cash money only. Okay? Um, And it's literally you get hold of all of the uh, spending, including all of the bills that you're going to do for this time period in cash, and you divide it into literal envelopes marked with the purpose for that money. And then you can only spend what's in the envelope on that particular thing. So you have an envelope for supermarket, you have an envelope for electric, an envelope for water. (laughs) It's a lot of envelopes. People even have envelopes. We don't send things in the post anymore. (laughs) I've been struggling to find enough envelopes. (laughs) Um. Socks. Yeah, a sock for every spend. A sock for every spend. Jam jars, whatever, whatever the container of your choice may be. Um, yeah, you you work out the amounts that you want to sort this into. Obviously, start from your most necessary down to your most frivolous, um, and then you can literally only take out the cash for that purpose from that envelope, and that that's all you use it for. Um, Incredibly concrete, incredibly simple, minimal maths necessary. But, obviously, um, there are some uh, some downsides as well. <laughs> you think of what they might be? <laughs> um, not enough envelopes, not enough socks. I yeah. need to wear my socks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the things that can get in the way of this are... Well, yeah, like remembering to take your sock slash envelope with you when Mm -hmm. you go somewhere. Yep. Are you a forgetful kind of person? Do you feel a bit weird about spending things in cash? Um, 
yeah, like, you know, can you remember to go to the cash point at the beginning of every month to set it yeah. all up? Have you got the time to set it all up? Yeah. Um, yeah, you just, it how, pract- how practical a person are you that you could actually not do all the direct debits and things like yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. It is one of those that works best if you're dealing with relatively small amounts of money. Um, and if you are, but it's, but what I will say about it is it's, it's very concrete. And if you struggle with some of the abstraction of money, that, that very concrete nature of sorting the cash literally into where it needs to go is, can be very reassuring, Mm. actually. Mm. Um, you can't fudge this really. You can see yourself removing money from yeah. A particular purpose and physically moving it to another, which yeah, you can't hide from yourself. You can't hide yourself. from yourself with this at all. <laughs> um, so this is that's the the most like I said, it's the most basic. Um, what's really interesting about this is when we get onto one of the highest tech methods. In many ways, it's a high tech replication of this. So mm-hmm. we'll have a look at that a bit later on. So the second way is a kind of fifty uh, fifty method, and this is where you only withdraw the money for your discretionary spend, but you leave money in your account for all of your bills to be paid by direct debit. Um, and so everything that's a necessary must must uh, pay is dealt with by electronic payment. It's all automated, but. All your discretionary spending is done in cash. All your clothes, your supermarket shopping, your trip to the offie, whatever it might be, social spending, all of that stuff. You do all of that in cash, um, similar to the envelope side, but you keep your bills paid by direct debit. So you kind of doing a hybrid with this one. Uh, and that keeps some of the, um, gets rid of some of the issues about will you have the time mm. Um, but it also keeps some of the concrete nature of being able to physically see yourself handing over the money Mm. for when it comes to your discretionary spending. Mm. Um, And I think this isn't something that necessarily with you, Alex, would be as as noticeable, but as somebody who can tend to overspend, watching the stack of notes and, and the pile of coins diminishing can be very... Um, very much an incentive to really notice whether the thing that I'm spending this money on is worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it really it, spending thing, you know, buying things in cash does really change your relationship with it because I'm pretty sure we've talked about before, like the yeah. um, the kind of passiveness almost mm. of the spending experience now. Like you literally just tap your card and you're gone, and you have you don't even look at actually the total of it sometimes you're just like oh I'm sure it's fine Mm -hmm. and um and have no engagement with it and I did have that um I did have that experience of uh, having a bunch of cash because I'd sold something for cash and and using that and seeing that kind of go out of my hand was a very different experience and it's kind of a little bit whoa (laughs) yeah um a little bit of a check which doesn't mean that you should feel that way about it because you know if it's money that you've got to spend doing that but it does make you more conscious of it and I think Mm -hmm. yeah it it would create a different relationship with well is this really worth me handing over this you know wad for something it also means that you can uh you get a very easy visual on how much is left for the time period as well Mm. So if you know you have two days left and, um, you know, you can you can f- look and see at a glance whether or not the, the amount in front of you 
is going to be okay for that. And mm-hmm. we have an intuition for looking at notes and, and coins and seeing whether they're at a reasonable amount that the numbers on a screen somewhere don't necessarily give us mm. the same kind of intuition. Mm. So um, as visual beings, that can be quite a, a good mm. uh, way of, of doing that. However, again, because you're doing all your discretionary spending in cash, you know, you're not getting the online discounts. Um, sometimes you will want to do some other kinds of discretionary spends that are more convenient electronically if you're buying event tickets, for example, or you're paying a friend back for for something. Sometimes that's much more conveniently done electronically. So, again, you, you need to bear those kinds of things in mind. Maybe leave a little bit behind in your account for mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but which then seem to kind of defeat the object, but... I suppose as well, like rather than just looking at it like this is a, you know, a limit. Mm. I mean, it is a limit, but that you could get to the end of the period and realise that maybe you're not spending as much as you thought you were, mm. um, and that you know if you've not really done any budgeting before, high putting my hand up, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> then then you might actually see that there is a bit more that you could spend on yourself, and you know, thinking yeah. about when we've talked about values and valuing your money, yeah, um, how how that might change your spending habits in a way that actually benefits you. Absolutely. Um, you know, that like spending more to benefit you. Because yeah. you're like, oh, I've got to the end of the month and I've still got £100 left. I could mm-hmm. go and do something social with it or um, maybe you could save it or maybe you could buy that thing that you've been saving up for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It, would, it would change that attitude as well. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the key thing about this one is it, it allows you to really pull out your day-to-day spending from your other spending in a way that is really beneficial. Mm. The next one is, I think, what everybody thinks of as budgeting. I'd suggest that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think of those first two things as as budgeting, in inverted commas. The next one I'm going to talk about is what everybody, I think, thinks of budgeting, and that is essentially bookkeeping Mm. all of your money. (laughs) Um, However you choose to do that, a combination of keeping some kind of spending diary, keeping all your receipts, checking everything against your uh, bank statements, Mm. potentially using some kind of budgeting app. And goodness me, there are hundreds, thousands of those out in the world. Yeah, it's something about like, I don't know if it's because I used to be an accountant, but even just you describing it, a little bit of me is dying inside. (laughs) (laughs) This is why this kind of thing is like, you know, this is probably someone, someone out there is like getting excited about the thought Mm. of doing this. And I'm just like peeling (laughs) <laughs> peeling away from myself and trying to have an out-of-body experience. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's so funny how uh, <laughs> this just does not excite me and I don't think I would ever be able to do this. But yeah. but there are lots of good reasons why you might want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I've often, I, I'm a big advocate for spending diaries. I've often kept one. Um, but there's tying that back into the rest of your uh, planning first and then keeping the diary against the plan. Yeah is really a different thing from just keeping a diary and and keeping an eye on what you're spending as you go without necessarily referencing it back against some kind of plan. And I um, lived with somebody who did do that and Mm. was really meticulous about it. And there are some great benefits to actually doing that in terms of you will spot a fraud the minute it happens. You will spot a mistake the minute it happens. Um, you do know exactly what everything has gone on. You do know exactly where your money is. Unfortunately, as you've just said, kind of the effort and the time. Yeah. And how detail-oriented you have to be. Because, yeah, because there's, there's one thing of like, oh, I want to do a budget. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to set it all up. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a setup 
cost mm. time of it. Um, and then this really requires you to update time, you know, use time to update it as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have to kind of be the sort of person and in the sort of place where you have the time for it, you want to make the time for it. Yes. It doesn't make you want to curl up like bonito flakes when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like it does with me. Because um, yep. although I love a spreadsheet, I like kind of making the spreadsheet. Yep. update, Keeping spreadsheets up to date is actually a very time consuming thing. So you'd have to be the kind of person who yeah. really wants to do this. And, you know, if you're the type... <laughs> You you have to you have to be willing to be in it for the long haul every day, mm. putting in your transactions every day. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I have a I had a housemate who did who did this and mm. and it worked really great for her. Mm. But if you are somebody who has lots and lots of little tiny transactions, mm. this is going to feel so fiddly. Yeah. Um. And and whether that time investment is worth it for you mm. is. A decision only you can make. But then if, if you're in some kind of slightly dire financial situation and all you're doing is going out and spending all the time, maybe spending some time at home with your spreadsheet is a great way to stop <laughs> spending money. I don't know. Um, but it could yeah. be that, that the pressing need overrides the fact that you really do not like this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like yeah. You, you're just going to have to make yourself do it. But Yeah. Know, worth, worth, uh, just because you don't like the idea of it doesn't, you know. Doesn't mm. mean <laughs> well, that, and, and that you, you can't budget in some way. That's just maybe not for you. You can make a, a decision then that the number of transactions you're going to make each day is going to be smaller. You can mm. you can make that challenge to yourself of mm. saying, I'm actually only going to have two transactions to record every day. I'm not going to um, spend my money willy nilly on lots of little things. Mm. Uh, and if that will help you to mm. um, stay in control as a result. You know, that can actually in itself be a kind of incentive towards doing better. Mm. The other thing about it, actually, that, that, that's worth bearing in mind is is this can feel very serious. Mm, it does feel quite. I think that's why I'm getting a little bit... Yeah. If you if you don't identify as that person who feels very serious and yeah. adult, some of us get pushed back on that mm. because we don't want to do that. feels like you need to own a briefcase if you do this kind of thing. <laughs> It's that serious. It can give you great information, great control. You really do know exactly what's happening all the time. Okay. So our next level on from that is what I think of as as the semi-automated method. And this is kind of um, something quite similar to what I do a lot of the time. Um, and this is, this uses multiple accounts. And by having multiple accounts... Um, it's mostly electronic, but you, you use multiple different bank accounts and you have them for different purposes. Account number one is your main current account where you get your income coming in. And you send a thing you want to long-term savings from there, and then you keep just enough in there to cover your regular monthly bills and direct debits, that's rent, gas, council tax, that kind of thing. And then you transfer you're spending money to two other accounts. So the first one is an account which goes to your frequent discretionary spend. So this is things like um, your socks account. <laughs> this time we're buying socks instead of using them as a budgeting tool. So the, your your socks, um, your, your sort of basic clothing, um, your social money, your just general day-to-day -day cash. And then you have a third account, which is a kind of instant access saver for which into which you put money for any irregular or infrequent expenses that are kind of 
predictable. Because mm. these are the things that stuff up almost everybody's budgeting. Yeah. Okay. So what I mean by these things are annual insurance premiums, any other annually renewing subscriptions, um, car payments. Lots of people have annual car payments that you have to pay. Um, any kind of service charges. God, I live in a service charge flat and man, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to always forget my service. The first five years I lived in my flat, I forgot my service charge. And every six months I'd go, oh gosh, I've got to find <laughs> all this money. Um, home repairs, birthdays and Christmas money, dental, optical. Um, if you live away from your family, train tickets to go see them mm. if you don't see them. So those things, the kind of big predictable but uh, either irregular or infrequent things, not monthly expenses, that you will want to have some money for, um, but that it's easy to forget about in the day-to-day -day of the month. Mm. Um, and you you want to list those for the year, add up the total and divide by 12, and then shove that money into this instant access account ready to get at it later. Mm. But you keep you're keeping it completely separate from the discretionary spends and completely separate from the bills. Yeah, because this is like where my sort of budgeting life falls down a bit because there is this like really quite confusing combination of things that you're buying sort of week to week or seem week to week, like going yeah. to the supermarket and like yeah. you know doing hobby type stuff which you do on a more regular basis, and then the things that kind of come along monthly, water like six monthly, mm -hmm. um, some things quarterly, and mm -hmm. then yeah, like once a year there'll be this you know like TV like license mm -hmm. I pay once a year because it's confusing for me to do it monthly I don't know why the sums are so odd on that but anyway that's mm. another discussion but mm. um but yeah like it seems quite a reasonable way to try and approach those things which are often like when it gets a bit murky like that and confusing with different time periods is what makes you go oh sorry I just won't bother budgeting at all <laughs> or is that just me I don't know um but it you know there is that feeling about it that it makes it confusinger yeah no, it does. It does definitely. I think. I think the thing that really trips most people up with with their budgeting is these, like I said, relatively predictable, but not quite frequent enough to stay in your head um, month to month. Those those expenses mm. um, kind of mess us up. Yeah. And so this is a this is a method that kind of pulls all of those things together. You have. Um, you don't have to track every single discretionary spend because you only can you can only use the money that's in your discretionary spend account. So as long as you're within that, you know you're not going over what you'd intended. Mm. Um, you know your bills are paid because they're coming out of the bills account. And then you're saving towards these irregular infrequent expenses or just keeping the money ring fenced away for those. So mm. it's kind of potted. You can add a budgeting app into this. If you want to look at the discretionary spends separately and mm. say to yourself, you know, how much am I actually spending on eating out, mm. for example, which is always my downfall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> takeaways and eating out will always always be me. Um, you know, you, you can definitely look at those things. Um, and but But it's less necessary to do that. You can do it as and when as a method of, of just... Um, keeping an eye on them mm -hmm. and seeing whether there's any extra savings or, or in your case, seeing whether you're just not having enough fun mm -hmm. with those things and you're being overly I sensible. never have enough fun. No. <laughs> uh, no. It, I mean, that is my problem with uh, enjoying, yeah. the, enjoying the spend. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I personally enjoy this. I feel like it's a good balance. Um, but for some people, it wouldn't give you enough detail. You would have to add in that budgeting app. And it's for some people, it would still not be automated enough. Mm. You know, you have to do actually set, set everything up. You do need the multiple accounts. Some people aren't necessarily comfortable with that. Mm. Um, so there are there are definitely still pros and cons on this one. Mm. Um, but yeah, in general, I feel like this is a pretty, this is one that's quite practical for a lot of people. Mm. And the last one that I wanted to talk about was your full-on, fully automated. Um, and this is using one of the um, banking apps that exists nowadays. And this is an area that's moving really, really fast. The new challenger banks are kind of getting on this and um, they are increasingly giving you more and more options to be more and more specific about how you share out your money um, inside the app to create something that basically is the electronic equivalent of what we said at the beginning, sharing your money out between a bunch of different envelopes and then only giving yourself access to some of those envelopes for certain purposes. Mm. As of the recording date, I think only Monzo is the one that that's, um, really gives you the most control and the most detail, but I'm sure Starling and the others will be catching up in no time at all. Um, but what it allows you to do is to set up a budget within the app using um, automatic tagging of different types of transactions from different shops. So different shops will have a tag that, that comes up and you can set up pots linked to that particular tag, set rules about spending from that pot and say, I'm only going to allow myself, you know, X amount of spending on that particular tag and thereafter, um, that's it. That we're, we're not spending any more on that tag per month. Um, like I said, it's a complete digital version of the envelope system. We've mm. gone kind of full circle here. Or the sock system if you're a sock person. If you're a sock person. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, one of the things they do do is allow you to sort of attach imagery to different tags and that kind of thing <laughs> as well so that you you, ha you can remember and you get a visual back mm. on, on what they all are. Mm. And a lot of them do give you um, uh, different kind of uh, um, feedback, visual mm. feedback on on how your proportions are of your spending on different things, which again is, is really useful. And so, I mean, this is great if you don't like using cash. It's very, very automated. It's very convenient. Um, you do have to set it up right at the beginning. If yeah. you're going to limit what you can spend and, and, and create these rules, you do need the rules to be the right rules. That's garbage in, garbage out, same as anything else that's yeah. programmed and electronic. Like, yeah, apps don't solve your life. They just help you solve it a little more smoothly Yeah, yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, there is definitely going to be a time cost involved in setting this up. But there's there's a time cost involved in doing any of any these things. Any of these, yeah. And the reason that there is yeah. a time cost is because it's worth doing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, the Sultan of Brunei or whoever is the richest person. <laughs> it's probably changed since I learned that fact in the early 90s. Um, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, him. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, th there are some things that some people would feel about this, that it's kind of disempowering not to be paying that attention yourself to these things. So the person who likes the, the full detail... Mm old school budget where they're recording every single transaction themselves and, and looking at everything themselves potentially would see this as, as almost panic inducing because you're, you're not 
necessarily controlling every mm. transaction yourself. Because like in preparing for this episode, I was reading through what we were going to be looking at and um, I immediately went and downloaded the Monzo app. So and then I looked in it and it, it, it like once you put something in a pot, it means like the spending that you have are available is reduced. Mm. So um, if you if a if a bill like a direct debit hits that account and there isn't enough outside the pot, then you might get into it. Might be rejected or or that you you know there is mm-hmm. some kind of charge for that because you've technically gone. I don't. So then you need to look into that a little bit more. And if that kind yeah, of definitely. that lack of control makes you feel a little bit you know like I feel about having to really detailed kind of write down everything in a spreadsheet and keep it up to date. If that panics you a bit, then it might not be mm. the right mm. method for you. Yeah, um, definitely. And definitely. there is there is a definite. A, you know, reduction in friction in this, but maybe you, it's going to say, it sounds so wrong, but maybe you like the friction. Um, <laughs> got to keep that in. I just made finance sexy, guys. So, yeah, there is, um, yeah, there is, there is, like, it's all about either control or, uh, or being able to just let it go. It's like, which, yeah, which place in the spectrum yeah. are you? Yeah. So the, the, that's the thing. A lot of these, there's a kind of control versus convenience balance for a lot of these mm-hmm. um and and there's a there's control versus convenience versus how abstract things are and and all of these play slightly differently in all of the different methods and the question really is where does that balance for, fall for you mm. and what are you most comfortable with and, and which one kind of appeals so the key thing is just um choosing one that actually works for you and maybe trying a few different methods mm. I think with with these as well, there's a, there's looking at the method and what method works for you in the practical side, but there's you know the emotional side of what works for you. It's like try mm. different things because mm. you know just because you find something uncomfortable to do doesn't mean that you're actually failing at it. Mm. It just may not be the right method. Yeah, and a part of budgeting is yes, putting your money where you know where it is and tracking it in some way. But part part of that process is looking at how comfortable you are with with doing those things and what is the thing that make you know the way that you achieve the most while feeling the most comfortable doing it yes um exactly and that's you know how budgeting is actually an an emotional thing (laughs) definitely You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com, where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give, the happier we get. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Squanderlust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London, with production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon-King and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.